Expounded Universe, Season 17, Episode 1. Take the I-5 to Coruscant, the book, Star Wars Coruscant Nights 2, Streets of Shadows, by Michael Reeves, the year 2008. Chapters, the prologue, and the first two chapters. With your hosts, Jeff and John, let's go! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe. Once again, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast featuring your intrepid hosts, me and this guy. Hey! Hey, it's us. We're those two guys you know. Oh boy, Mm -hmm. it's us. I love us. A couple of guys. Hooray. Hooray Hooray for some guys. John, how you doing? I'm doing good. Things Things are great. I am excited to get into this new book, this part two of three and only part two of three. <laughs> you know, I think people were disappointed when we did the Kevin J. Anderson trilogy starter and then abandoned it entirely. People kept saying, like, it didn't even get good yet. And you know what? I agree with them. It didn't get good. It was bad. And I, maybe the problem was that we just did the prologue. So I thought to myself, well... Let's just jump to The Empire Strikes Back, obviously the best one of the original trilogy. Yeah, and clearly when we're done with this, we'll do part three of some other series of three books. (laughs) That sounds like a plan to me. And then we'll string them all together in some kind of narrative. We'll definitely try to tie this into the beginning of the Jedi Search trilogy, which I feel like is going to be, or so the Jedi Academy trilogy, which is probably going to be tricky because this is set 25, 35 some years before it. It's probably going to be tricky because I assume you don't remember anything about it. What, me? Don't remember anything about it? No, I'm fine. You not remembering something? Perish the thought. No, I don't remember anything that's important. (laughs) The the plot of Kevin J. Anderson's Star Wars novels from the early 2000s, of course, I remember in excruciating detail where we last left our heroes... Luke and Lando were diving into the the uh, the maw of black holes, while Han and uh, Kip Duron and the recently rescued scientist Quee Zux, plus I believe Chewbacca and maybe assorted others, were escaping. And there was a big battle about to happen between the uh, the people from the prison planet of uh, the, the I don't remember what the spice planet's called. It got me there, Ooh. and the escaping Empire. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Luke was establishing a Jedi Praxium, and he had Gantoris and Streen so far. Meanwhile, what did you do this morning? <laughs> toast? <laughs> I did toast. <laughs> juice, I think? I think I juiced. I, I may have juiced myself. Actually, I know what I did this morning, too. Uh, yesterday, I took I took little Seiji to the zoo. Aww. And uh, just because my, my current plan is to take her someplace and force her to walk everywhere. I'm cutting strollers from her life. Uh, not because I think she needs independence or anything like that, but because it makes her tired enough to go the fuck to sleep. Good. So... Yesterday, when we were, I was forcing her to want march around the zoo until she fell asleep, uh, she heard the bells from the lo- nearby Museum of Man's Bell Tower go off. Oh, yeah, off. the bells of Notre Dame? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The bells of the, the California Tower of, of uh, Balboa Park go off. Oh, who and did they toll for? <laughs> they tolled for noon. <laughs> and she was like, what the hell is that? She said in her uh, a- appropriated daddy patois. <laughs> daddy, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what in the ever fucking fuck? <laughs> 
No, uh, she was like, what is the Bells? And I tried to explain it. She got all obsessed with it. She wanted to watch Bell videos when we got home. Wow, uh, did you know- show her Bell Biv DeVoe? <laughs> yeah, I showed her all of the voice talent work of Lake Bell. <laughs> uh, and the lesser known works of actor Jamie Bell. Hmm. Um, such as, I don't know, that that pretty good movie about Elton John's life. Also, so much MTV raps with Bill Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> No, but she got obsessed with bell towers. So today I took her back to Webbo Park to see the bell tower itself. Mm. That's what I did this morning. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, though, I don't know, toast. <laughs> so this is not that book. This is not a Kevin J. Anderson. As we mentioned in the intro, this is someone named Michael Reeves. It's from 2008, and it is a prequel era book, although it's an interesting bit of prequel era history because it's expand. It's the same way expanded universe novels tend to follow the original trilogy. This is set maybe one or two years after the Clone Wars trilogy. Yeah, this is... Almost exactly, I want to say probably a year-ish mm-hmm. from what I, I'm gathering from the timeline in here. Well, I mean, the, movies, the uh, movie's kind the of movie ended. Yeah, the movies kind of accelerate the time scale, so it feels like the Order 66 stuff that happens in it during the last two movies should probably have taken four or five years to, to pull off, because, you know, they kill off every Jedi everywhere. Well, well, <laughs> except except all these Jedi, except so all I, the Jedi that are in this and everywhere else. That said, this is basically the era that I kind of wish the last movie had been. Mm. I've always said that the movie should they should just have entirely skipped Phantom Menace, a useless bit of nothing that had nothing to do with anything mm-hmm. and just started at the middle one. So go right to the Clone Wars, get Attack of the Clones out of the way, get Revenge of the Sith out of the way so that he turns into Vader. And the third movie in the trilogy should have been a young, angry Vader finishing Order 66. Yeah. Just stomping around the galaxy, killing all the Jedi. There's nothing that screams Star Wars more than about two hours of indiscriminate murder from a horrible man machine. Think about it. Everyone's favorite part of the last couple of movies have been the two-minute period where Vader shows up, does something rad, and then fucks along. Yeah. Obviously, there's a market for that, so we want more of that hallway scene from the end of Rogue One. Of course. Yeah. I'm just saying, if that that hallway scene was two hours long, except he paused in the middle to be like, careful not to choke on your aspirations, director, or whatever, then people would have been happy with that movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Would have been great. Less Hayden Christensen's face in your business, more cool helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone loves getting a, a little cool helmet. No one asks Natalie Portman if she's an angel. It's a win-win scenario. Everyone loves it. Also, we have time in the movie for him to brutally kill Jar Jar. <laughs> The third movie now features a scene where Jar Jar's like, Annie, it's a oaky day, or whatever, and then he just gets cut in half. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's fine. Meanwhile, though, what actually happened was the bad movies that actually happened, and then this book. And then this book, which takes place, as one might be able to deduce from Coruscant Nights 2 on Coruscant. Yeah. At night. Probably (laughs) probably around some shadows and or streets. Although, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, that's pretty far out there. That We might, we might need to save that for the conclusion, the thrilling conclusion. Uh, Instead, we cover the first, two, the first two chapters in the prologue. The prologue is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it, regrettable. Well, the book starts with the prologue from the point of view of Cap'n Typho, mm-hmm. which... I am going to say I don't blame you at all if you don't remember who that was, mm-hmm. but from the prequel era, it was the Amidala bodyguard guy the who had an eye patch. Yeah, he's the second one, because the first one 
from Phantom Menace did not keep going forward into the other films, so he got replaced with another guy named Captain Typho. Yeah, the nephew of that first guy. Yes. And yeah, he's he's Eyepatch Man. And, uh, you know, he's just sort of a competent, bo- well, vaguely competent bodyguard. Let's go ahead. A lot of handmaidens died on this guy's well, watch. Well, I mean, the thing is, that's competent because he's like, if I didn't set this up, then a lot of Queen Amidala would have died. <laughs> Also, I mean, it doesn't really matter how competent this guy is. Amidala was very clearly trying to get away from him all the time. Aww. She's always like, look, yeah, Typho, sure, I would love to stay here and be safe, but what if instead me and my boyfriend fucked off to Naboo and surfed pigs, <laughs> argued about sand, ate sex pears? What do you, what do you think? Huh? And he was like, he was Aww, like, good idea. Really, your highness, I ought to be watching. She, Bye. <laughs> But it turns out, and I, I've never seen this particular aspect of Typho's character before, oh, how he loved her. Oh, and not a platonic love or the love for the monarch that you are sworn to protect. Mm-hmm. No, a horny love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a love most horny, indeed. He wanted to bone down with Amidala. And, you know, it's Natalie Portman, and, and, and I don't, I'm don't. i not going to blame a guy. I mean, yeah, come on. <clears throat> Dude's got an eye patch. He's got some lusty beans going on. He needs it. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> uh, for uh, folks wondering what that's about at home, uh, while we were quickly eating before the start of tonight's show, uh, just to keep things busy, I put on a documentary about the internet currency from the late 90s, Beans. Yes. And they just said beans a thousand times, and now now both of us have beans on the beans. I mean, brains. <laughs> There's, there was a point where I'm like, this video's gone on so long, and he has said the word beans like every three seconds, and I've, I've started to have my mind melt, and I don't understand what beans is anymore. <laughs> oh, like you ever did. There was some kind of web fake currency thing. Yeah, from it was cryptocurrency the... before that existed. Vaguely, yeah. They were it was an extremely tightly controlled version of cryptocurrency as opposed to the current do whatever, build the a factory in a volcano. Bullshit. Yeah. That we have. Try to destroy the planet in a hurry to see who can own the most pictures of a gorilla. It's it's now now everything's dumb. Uh, but then beans. But beans. Were like, ooh, those were smart. Beans those were, were just, some smart beans. Beans were just coupons. Yeah, they were magical. They were magic beans. <laughs> it was a bean stravaganza. I mean, they were literally. You know, back then, I had so many. I could have a beans feast. <laughs> I hope there were clowns and balloons. <laughs> And a million baboons. <laughs> wow, give that to me now. Okay, so rather than reciting the lyrics to songs from 1967, uh, <laughs> Typho, I, I don't really like this whole angle that Typho was deeply in romantic, unrequited love with Amidala. I mean, it, uh, at least it's not the worst thing. I mean, the problem is, because we have the first movie, the whole, like, ah, yes, I love this six-year-old, like, having someone be like, oh, he's probably within a few years of her age. This isn't bad. Yeah, but it kind of kills his professional detachment, which is something I would have appreciated from, like, a lifelong, lifetime bodyguard. Eh, but he, I mean, he wasn't a lifelong bodyguard because, obviously, he just showed up after Panaka left. It's true. Maybe he was a bodyguard in the way that the bodyguard was a bodyguard. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's where all that unrequited romantic love is coming from. If okay. you've got a narrative and you've got someone who's like, I'm so close to my charge and I have to keep them safe, and now I'm so horny for them. <laughs> well, anyway, this is set well after Amidala's death. About uh, uh, Actually, 
yeah, a few months after Amidala's body was was paraded through the streets of Naboo to be placed. <laughs> you know, not in a casket or anything, just paraded around. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's style. <laughs> just, just Jar Jar on one side. The Emperor on the other, notable but Naboo denizen. The two of them just walking along with Amidala uh, kind of puppeted between them. Calypso music playing wildly because Wave they have to the f- crowd, Amidala. <laughs> Zydeco music reigning supreme because they were big fans of the sequel. <laughs> She'll lead us to treasure, Jar Jar. Uh, Okie day. All, all the steel drums playing, but all I'm seeing is girls going wild. <laughs> uh, okay, but... They did a, a a funeral procession, yes. and he was in attendance as they paraded her body past. Uh, and he has read over all the forensic reports. He's obsessed with what happened. He knows that she went to Mustafar to uh, to do something with that Jedi kid that he never really liked. And who could blame him? That kid was an asshole. Well, I mean, the the thing is, he blames himself because he had to sign off on her going by herself because she was like, oh. I got to go over to here. Uh, I'm going to meet up with one of the Jedi there. And he, at least in the book, is like, yeah, I signed off on that because I thought, all right, a Jedi should be able to keep her safe. And this is also the Jedi that saved her from an assassin that I couldn't before. Yeah, it's true. He's the one who saved her from that centipede thing. Those that cohoons. Yeah, the one that went on through the window at her. Yeah. I mean, great. But again, to, to his credit, it's not like she was going to not do this anyway. If, even if he hadn't signed off on it, she would have just left at night or something. Left one of her mini fake hers <laughs> just in place. Hello, I'm an Amidala. I'm one Amidala. <laughs> We're equally exchangeable. No worries. We're like beans, you We're could say. We're entirely fungible tokens. <laughs> one uh, might say we're similar to beans. <laughs> i start my own cryptocurrency, Amadala's. <laughs> Amadala's, the new cryptocurrency right? to sweep the nation. Come on! <laughs> uh, yeah, and we can uh, take, what's her name, who played the fake one? I can't, she's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, uh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, that's right. She was the fake the, the fake Amadala in the first movie. Yeah, we real, fake real fake Amadala's. Real fake Amadala's. She could be uh, the counterfeit ones, or just a different denomination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's like Lutheran. I don't know. <laughs> why (laughs) well i said denomination and you know i know i know (laughs) so he's a sad and when he gets sad does typho he works oh yeah Uh, he's trying he now he's on the case he's like god damn it uh uh, i can't trust that boy but i hear he died at mustafar so now i got to investigate the situation what happened it's so weird to me because you know he has a thing where he's like oh okay uh there was Obvious evidence that she was choked and, like, she had a broken, like, larynx or some shit. Yeah. And, like, but there was no bruising, no sign that anything outward trauma had been done. I think this is an interesting note as well. We He's trying to set up that obviously she was killed by force choking. Yes. But the thing is, force choking has always seemed brutally physical. It It has seemed like, oh, it's not like oh, I'm just causing the inside of you to get pressurized it feels like no i'm just 
applying telekinetic pressure on the outside of you, you should probably have bruises from where telekinetic force is crushing your windpipe. Even if you, like, oh, I'm going to skip that and telekinetically crush the inside of your windpipe, that's still going to cause internal bleeding and obvious signs of physical trauma. Yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently we just didn't know this force choking, which Vader literally does so strong that he'll lift you off the ground when he does it. Uh, he, he just reaches delicately into your body and sort of corks up your, your esophagus. So the air can't come out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, <laughs> the thing I have with this is <sighs> I can understand there not being any like outward evidence, at least bruising on the neck. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. You're just squeezing like the trachea or something. Yeah. But like I said, that'll still cause contusions, a bunch of in interior bleeding, all kinds of crap. But, you know, it's a great idea for the purposes of what this book is, which is a hard-boiled detective novel. It needs some inscrutable mysteries. I mean, the other nice thing is that we get... He doesn't at least have all of the answers because he also believes the rumor that, oh, uh... She died and so did the kid she had. Yes. Doesn't know it was twins. Doesn't know that the kids survived. Mm -hmm. As far as he knows, she died on Mustafar. Not on that random asteroid where she died of sand sadness after a big nanny droid shoved its two shovel feet up her vagina. Which then calls to question how then does he know about the choking if she was like, ah, yes, she died on Mustafar. And I know this because, huh... I guess some robot told me, even though she was dead on some other asteroid. Well, I mean, asphyxiation causes certain signs that forensic pathologists can locate, like depending on how you do it. Like they can tell just as easily if you asphyxiated from like being in a room full of just nitrogen and no oxygen. But can they tell why kids love the great taste of cinnamon toast crunch and if you die from sadness? Is it because the cinnamon chokes out your oxygen receptors in your alveoli? <laughs> Is it because... You're real sad and you just stop? <laughs> no, stupid. It's because of the great taste of cinnamon sugar swirled into every bite. There. Okay. We got it. <sighs> yeah. The, stupid. <laughs> if he's being fed the line that she died and the kid died, that means he is getting whatever misinformation like Obi-Wan and whoever else wanted people to know. Yeah. So how would he then know that she had been force choked because the only thing he should have, it's not like he went over her body or anything. Mm -hmm. He should just have whatever the official information is, which probably shouldn't have said, oh yeah, she died on Mustafar. Also force choked. Let's well, tell you that for some reason. Force choked isn't what the, the report says. The report says asphyxiated and he's put it together between asphyxiation and lack of outward visible evidence of strangling that it was probably force chokes. So he's he's doing some secondary thinking here. Beyond he's gone beyond the medical report. Um, that said, why the medical report was like, yeah, normal natural causes. Uh, unfortunately, the the kid dialed in childbirth as well. The uh, natural cause, uh, you know, no oxygen for a long time. Yeah, uh, very natural. There's the evidence of strangulation, but it, they weren't they weren't strangled anyway. Bye. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but I think he's doing some secondary thinking beyond beyond just what the report said, and he's put it together that he needs to solve this problem of what the hell happened to, to his charge and his beloved. And again, I feel like I don't need this beloved stuff to make this work. I feel like it would have worked just fine if it, if he was just guilt ridden over failing his charge. Yes, and the the other problem I have with this, of course, is this is a point after Order sixty six. 
And he's like, oh, something happened with that Anakin guy on Mustafar. I'm like, yeah, he probably got murdered like every other Jedi. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to go find that Anakin kid. No, you're not. All the Jedi got murdered. And you if, know this. And if they didn't, they are in hiding. Yeah. The fact that he's immediately like, ooh, I bet Anakin had something to do with this. Like, you probably should assume that he got shot like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or he got disappeared in whatever obvious cover-up this is. Yeah. Honestly, I would have been, like, more into the idea of him thinking, oh, he must have actually taken Amidala somewhere, and this was a fake death. I mean, if I were him, I'd be blaming the the uh, burgeoning Galactic Empire, because we know they've already started up all their evil stuff. We get that. The next chapter gives us a glimpse into what they're doing now. And it's uh, it's hilarious in how rapidly evil it is. Oh, yeah. It's only taken like a year. And they're like, all right, well, let's get evil co up. Yeah. They're like, all right, all humans are non-humans off planet. God damn it. <laughs> That's not been the case in forever. Every time we've gone to Coruscant, in the past there's always a crap load of aliens there it's not a manageable population no there are i mean the book even says trillions of people there yeah which is a number i don't think they stop to consider well <laughs> it's just one giant city and the city goes on for miles in every direction up and across yeah but that is so many a, a single trillion is so many things it's true <laughs> I mean, I think they were just, like, scaling it up from how many people there are on Earth. They're like, well, there's billions of people on Earth, right? So what if even more crowded? What's the next one up? It's, uh, it's, uh, trillions. There's trillions of them. Not remembering that those magnitude orders with numbers are, like, huge. Yeah. It's a thousand billions. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the end of the prologue is basically just him going, well... Now I gotta hunt down that Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, and and uh, I'll I'll get to the bottom of this because I was in love. Yeah, so I mean it's all right. It's neat to give him a motivation. I just I feel like it, uh, an acceptable motivation for this guy could could have easily been Naboo's been thrown into utter turmoil. I blame myself. I want to know what happened. Well, yeah, and especially at this point, if he's like, you know. Uh, I lost my job because obviously the person I was charged to protect died. Yeah. I have nothing else. And the, o I'm a man on the edge. And the only thing I have left is to solve the one crime that ruined me. I'm like, that's some noir shit and belongs in a book like this. Totally. I want him to go all Commodore Norrington from the second pirates movie. You know, when that, that dude who was like a pompous British guy in the first one, like wakes up in pig shit. And then he's like, ah, crap, I'm sexy now. Oh, Bet no. you didn't know. Oh, no. It turns oh, out. I just needed a thick layer of pig shit and a sword. <laughs> what you needed was to take this wig off and smear me in some hot piggy shit. You guys, you people at home just can't imagine the motion John is doing right now. <laughs> I'm going to let you all imagine the sexiest move I could do to charades being covered with pig shit. It looked like the violator in his clown costume <laughs> trying to pick up a couple of prostitutes. <laughs> You ladies want to see my beans? <laughs> that was exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> Una guna solo. Oh, good lord. Uh, all right. So let's move on to chapter one. Indeed. And we open in a firefight. In this media res. Mm -hmm. yeah, smash cut. Smash Gut, Chapter 2, and also Part 1. Uh, this book apparently has 
uh, both chapter breaks and part breaks because we get part one Planet Noir, <laughs> which I love. God damn it. I can't be more excited about this book. The uh, only thing that can make me more excited is if their new confluence of ideas was Star Wars plus recipes. <laughs> uh, I was really hoping for some of the classic noir sayings and tropes to really come through here, but be Star wars Just be like, yeah, she walked into my office and I was sweating blaster bolts. <laughs> Our problems don't amount to a hill of Nerodian beans. <laughs> beans! <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, they're in the middle of a blaster fight, are our heroes, and we go through and we quickly introduce them, although chapter one's less about the introduction, chapter two is 100% just one of them sitting around thinking out the introductions of everybody, just to get you all up to speed. Yeah, chapter two is the, well, I guess there's probably some idiot that may have picked this up without reading the first book. <laughs> and then chose to read it to, like, a 10,000 other people for some reason. <laughs> So here we go. <laughs> but no, chapter one is we have our main heroes, which is uh, we've got Dax and Jax. Ja okay, Jax Pavon. Jax. Is, Jax uh, Pavon is our hero. Yeah, he's he, an ex-Jedi. He's a, he's an, uh, uh, still a Jedi. He's just... He's, well, he's, there's no Jedi order yeah, there's to no be Jedi a Jedi order, in. But he still espouses the beliefs of the Jedi code and all that. Yes. Um, and, but he, having fallen on hard times and desperately trying to hide from Order 66, and having already had run-ins with both Darth Vader and fucking Shizor in the previous book, Lord, what did we miss? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm... There was a point reading this where in Chapter 2 he talks about, like, and then we managed to get away from... Uh, being attacked on either side by Darth Vader and the falling Prince Shizor, and I was like, "Jeff, you fucked up." Nope, <laughs> I'm fine with this. This is this is great. Uh, um, so uh, he is our our major hero, but he is in hiding, bereft of a lightsaber at the moment, and uh, using a cortosis laced vibro sword instead. And based on the cover, he actually dresses like a Jedi detective. It's actually it's fairly impressive. Yeah. Now we also have Den. Den Dur. Uh, we have uh, Loranth, the Gray Paladin. Yeah, Loranth is a, a a thing that you would only ever usually hear about uh, Jedi in like people's fan works. She's a a, a Gray Paladin of the Order, uh, which is to say that she believed, along with all of her her uh, brethren and sistren, that uh, that Jedi replaced way too much uh, trust and and uh, their. Uh, whole deal in the force yeah they became too reliant on the force for everything and had turned what should have been like the jedi order should have been there to be actual protectors and diplomats and whatnot but it became so focused on the force that it was just all about religious rote ceremony yeah a bunch of people sitting on fancy pillows and refusing to do anything refusing to let someone be uh the title of master yeah, uh, so so uh, her and the other paladins, as they were known, were became like, you know, basic Justicar types who roam the galaxy righting wrongs and eschew the use of lightsabers as they are too showy and too requiring of the Force. That said, she has instead become like a Jedi Blaster Master. Yeah, well, they, they're like, we need to be proficient in other weapons as well. Yes, and her thing is a pair of DL-44s, or the Han Gun. Uh, so she uses a pair of Han's giant blaster types 
and she is so accurate with them that no one in the group has ever seen her miss. I love that everything you're saying is chapter two. Like, we're not going to have a chapter two. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll skip ahead then. How about that? <laughs> so anyway, the only other people who are present here are their droid, I-5. I-5 is a protocol droid that also has laser fingers mm-hmm. and is... I mean, okay. The book says... Please do this without going into chapter two. I would love to beans it. <laughs> Let's beans this. <laughs> you know what? No. I'm just going to go ahead and say I-5 a very deadly precise shot, mm-hmm. but also a protocol droid body. Yeah. Or like base from which this thing was made. Yeah. Another thing that's common in fan works, a C-3PO that is not a tottering piece of crap. Oh, yeah. Well, this one is... A crack shot with laser fingers mm-hmm. and also, you know, actually like, you know, text sassy instead of subtext sassy. <laughs> that said, I kind of prefer the dry accidental wit of the 3PO. Yes. <laughs> this guy's a little more just sort of on the nose about it. I, I feel like he's going to elicit more groans. Yes. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, did I <laughs> ever tell you how much I love humans proclivity for violence? Because I do not. Yeah. And you're uh, like, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's not what 3PO would have said. <laughs> uh, and then the only other person here is, of course, the reason that they are here, the Bothan ambassador that uh, is trying to get off of Coruscant. Yes. Uh, and this guy is mostly just kind of a sad sack and yeah he's a big chunko they, they they immediately make fun of him for being fat and stinky and and before the chapter's even out he poops himself oh yeah it is just oh fat stinky both and has a doo-doo and he passed out because there was violence he got scared and dutied up his britches uh, uh, uh yeah i'm trying we, to remember his name but it's it's a standard both name he's got the uh, uh Elia honorific and all that. Yeah, it's uh, Burlia is his last name. Yeah, Secretary Burlia. Um, and he has hired them to help him get off planet via a, uh, a smuggling network called the Whiplash. The Whiplash are a essentially anti-New Empire mm-hmm. uh, resistance movement. So it's just Coruscant-based, mm-hmm. and it's just people who are like, we don't like the way that Palpatine is taking things, Yeah. so we are the resistance. They also make a mention of the Maglev, which I think is the, their clever play on words for the, the Underground Railroad, mm-hmm. to get all these these uh, oppressed folks of, of various species uh, out of their, their uh, current d- scary situations and safely off-planet. Yeah. So the Maglev and the Whiplash are kind of the underground scene that's happening. But we get a, a cool fight. I mean, they get ambushed by stormtroopers, and uh, Jax makes a point of noting... I'm sorry, I think this is all done through Den's point of view. Den, by the way, we barely got into him. He's an ex-reporter who now serves as kind of a hanger-on and aide-de-camp to Jax. He is also Sulliston. Yes. Uh, which means that he's one of those ones you never see in the movies who can speak perfectly unaccented English because he's talking constantly. In the movies, he would have been, you know just been saying like... I'm a catfish. Sort of a catfish pug combination, bulldog combination. Yeah, hero of the Republic, though. Let's- hero, <laughs> not this one. The uh, obviously that that refers to the one who flew in in the Falcon and blew up the second Death Star. Obviously, yeah. Uh, but he's one of those. He's a Sullivan. Yeah. Now and- the thing with uh, 
the whole both and getting out of here though is this is it feels more like this guy was paranoid and wanted to be smuggled out even though he wasn't under a whole lot of like yes and this group are they're they call themselves detectives, but they're really serving in mercenary and smuggling capacities at the moment. Took this because it's an easy payment. Yeah, it's someone who was rich because he was, you know, well-placed, high muckety-muck. Mm-hmm. But because he's both in, he's super paranoid that he's going to get murdered for some reason. <laughs> we always die for information. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to get out of here and I'm not telling anyone shit. <laughs> Haven't you heard the story? It happened 26 years from now. <laughs> I have a vision that many Bothans will die. They'll die like an invincible crystal missile. It'll be real stupid. <laughs> Everyone will be wondering, wow, how did many Bothans die? And it'll be the dumbest way possible. And it won't be that many. It'll be the crew of four Y-Wings. <laughs> you know, maybe a baker's dozen at best. It'll be eight guys. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. So, yes, they got ambushed by stormtroopers. And like I was saying, Pavan is like, wow, these stormtroopers are good. They knew we had a droid uh, because they set it up so that they were hiding in a spot where the radio signals would interfere with the droid's ability to hone in on their communications. Yeah, they're in a uh, carbonite processing center. Mm -hmm. And so all of the like uh, gas and the weird crap and chemicals that they're using helps hide life signs and whatnot from what I-5 would normally be able to tell us out there. Yeah, so right now it's all set up. They're hiding behind a big freeze processing thing, uh, and then the the stormtroopers are shooting at them from the other side. So lucky for them, there's those chemicals between us that are that are keeping them safe. The chemicals between us? Yeah, the wall that lies between us. <laughs> <laughs> now four of them have died. It was a full dozen stormtroopers, but even though I five's senses couldn't detect them. Uh, the two Jedi were like, oh, ho, oh, shit, and managed to murder four of them before they were overwhelmed. It's kind of fun to do a story with two competent Jedi that are working together instead of immediately splitting up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, in this point, they're like, all right, we're hiding behind this. We're sort of taking pot shots. And I-5 goes, hey, just so you know, they're uh, they're shooting at this thing we're hiding behind, which is, of course, a it- giant pressurized like coolant chamber it's full of tabana gas we do not want this to blow up and of if course some, he, if, he droid nerds it oh yeah he's like if someone manages to get through the duralimium or whatever that this is made of it's gonna take out like an entire coruscant city block which means thousands of people will die yes he's like we would rate the explosion at a 7.5 a 7.5 what's that out of (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well yeah someone asked him what that's out of and what the scale means and pavon's just like look we don't need to know 7.5 is obviously bad (laughs) look 7.5 is enough to murder thousands i'm sure this goes up to like i don't know probably out of a thousand if you're talking about a planet killer that destroys three planets at once yeah no, which may it, happen somewhere in the future but who knows yeah the scale goes to 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> with 10 being sun crusher <laughs> it's just that it's a logarithmic progression and it starts very very small yeah of one explosion is like ow my finger <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's like yes if the dura aluminum plating is, is is uh is fractured it may reach the compressed tabana gas transfer coils rendering a, a chemical explosion that'll reg- uh, register a 7.5 on the scale 
oh, that sounds like a bad explosion. Yes, I'm I'm smart enough to just say it'll blow up, but, you know, I do have to show I'm a protocol droid for a minute. <laughs> it's unfortunate you did make me from a pro- protocol droid, so I do have to be wordy. Should have started from an HK unit, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, all right, we don't have enough time to just sit here and try and get into a firefight with them. We got to take them out. We got to do it now. So yeah. send... You know, one on one side, one on the other, and Jax is going to go over the top. Yep, so, uh, uh, J- J- uh Jathan, J- Jalanth? Loranth? Loranth, thank you. Loranth jumps over to one side, guns blazing, and starts blasting away at stormtroopers. Den dives out the other side, trying to shoot at them as well. He's just a Sulliston reporter. He's not as scary as the Jedi. Meanwhile, uh, Jax P- Pavan jumps up on top of the, the thing and starts wa- fucking waving his sword around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because actually Den stays behind. It's I-5 who goes out because oh, he's right. got laser I-5 fingers. finger lasers, right. I forgot there's four of them. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, he's finger lasing, which is good because he just also doesn't miss. We have two Hawkeyes on this team. Oh, it's great. I <laughs> Because they also just immediately fuck these guys up, mm-hmm. which made me wonder, why were you hiding behind here to begin with? Because when they jump out, it's like, all right, well... One Jedi murders a bunch of people, one murder droid murders a bunch of people, and the the other Jedi runs up with his fucking vibro sword and it gets shot and immediately shuts down. He's like, yeah. oh wait, that, I'm dumb. Yeah, he, he runs, he gets it shot, he, he's like deflecting blaster bolts with it. And he's even got a running commentary in his head, he's like, this isn't a lightsaber, it should not be deflecting blaster bolts, this will break the warranty. Yeah, he's uh, like, uh, you have no idea how much harder it is to do with an actual sword than a lightsaber. Especially because Cortosis is a rock. Those vibro swords are part stone. Yeah, that's how they get them to work. They're not. They're not. That's the, how they get you. Yeah, they're not the most sturdy of weapons. Uh, but eventually, a lucky shot hits it in the power core instead of on the blade, and it fizzes out of it. But then he just like force pushes three of them into a wall and knocks those three out. But then someone takes aim at him and shoots, and Lorenth manages to shoot the bolt of yes. energy with her own bolt of energy, which is. The most impressive thing I think I've ever seen anyone do. Yeah, but uh, then again, if we uh, if we cite the example of uh, Skinksnacks and his I- illegally modified double double blaster, John, if I may, I need to talk for a great deal about uh, the Jedi Academy series. Uh, we know that if one blaster bolt in flight hits another one, they turn into a supercharged up coruscating spiral shot, like Mega Man would shoot if you held down the suit button for a while. Except that's only I think if they manage to come together in the same direction if you hit one like if you t-bone a blaster bolt with another blaster bolt it dies then it explodes <laughs> it, it dies it gets a, yeah. it pulls out a little lily and holds it above the wound the blaster bolt falls to the ground going oh you get me those dover boys oh. how i hate them oh <laughs> tell my wife i loved her <laughs> i'll steal it <laughs> anyway uh yeah <laughs> She shoots it. They dispatch all the guy, the the uh, the Jedi. I'm sorry, the stormtroopers, and they are stormtroopers. By the way, we are already at stormtrooper. It's not clone troopers. It's stormtroopers. Yes. God, the Emperor moves fast. He had the shit ready. Oh, he must yeah. have been spending all of his time in his office just drawing up plans for those cool helmets. All like, I'll put weird little cylinders at the small of their backs and not explain it to anyone. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what's that? I'm going to be like, oh, you don't need to know. <laughs> it's nothing, though. Fuck them. Just, there's just nothing in there. Maybe they keep trail mix in it. I don't give a shit. It's called fashion. Have you heard of it? Every one of them gets a flashlight. That way I don't have to hear about it. 
I mean, that the original point of the cylinder at the Stormtroopers' back was supposed to be that Stormtroopers were the guys with laser swords yeah. back in the Macquarie art days, but they never took them off them, so they all still have that little guy. Hey. It's for what have you. They keep their diet pills in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just trail mix. It's fine. <laughs> I like the idea that it's brandy so that they can do in snow they, rescues. Yeah, in case they find someone on Hoth and need to rescue them. <laughs> Well, on a dog, we have to keep it tied around our neck, but stormtroopers will drink it if they can see it, so we tied it to their asses. <laughs> Please drink life-giving fluid from my butt. Here you go. <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, okay, so they blast their way clear, and uh, that's when Den pipes up from behind the uh, the thing, and he's like, they're like, hey, are you do okay back there? It's time to go. We got to move. And he's like, I think that's going to be a problem. Oh no! Says, thinks Jax Pavan. Did our guy die? We did a lot of work to get him this far. Did it was some blaster bolt hit like a reflective surface and managed to hit him. Ah, oh, god damn it! We're never gonna get paid. No, no, he's unconscious. Also, I think he pooed himself. He had a accident. <laughs> and of course, I find was like, yes, according to my receptive smell sensors. Oh, he had an accident. If by had an accident, you mean, yes, we do. Please stop, I-5. <laughs> no, please, let me go on at great length about what Bothan poop is like. Shit himself is what I was going to say. Shit himself. Bothan's like 80% horse, so it's mostly grass. Little road apples in his pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we'll have to get it clear, or he'll try to eat them again later. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And that is the end of chapter one is, oh no, our Bothan guy had an oopsies. Now, thankfully, in probably the greatest moment of dignity that this book is willing to afford anyone in the first two chapters, he's just gone in the next, they get him to his thing. We don't have to hear a word from him about, he's like, obviously you can never breathe the word of my uh, indiscretion to any other uh, Bothans. No, what happens is we fucking smash cut to them back at the office like, Boy, it's a good thing we took that shitty pants both and got them new pants and put them on a ship. That entire storyline from the last book is done. <laughs> We're done with that. And uh, by the way, no one tell anybody or he'll lose his Elia des or uh, honorific at the end of his name. He'll just be called Burra. Burra McPooped himself. <laughs> Old poopy pants McBurra. <laughs> and now they are all in their uh, seedy apartment. Yes, they're in what should be the, you know, noir headquarters mm -hmm. with the blinds open and slashes of light coming through. Mm -hmm. uh, that Weirdly, they mention it not especially seedy. It's actually a high-scale apartment. Well, high-scale for... For Den, by for Den. Den standards. He used to live in slums. Den made a name for himself reporting on the Clone Wars. So he would be, you know, on the front lines, mm -hmm. reporting in dangerous places. So most of the time, he was like... At best, I was sleeping in, like, the same place that the clone troopers were, and they don't give a shit about clone troopers. So I was like, yeah, I was under, I don't know, cardboard or some shit. I was sleeping in the same place the clone troopers were, with Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't marrying him. <laughs> he knew what this was. But the Jedi Code, I'm not marrying him. What you <laughs> hey, I ain't in love with you. I get over here. <laughs> Take those poopy pants off and get over here, Burlia. <laughs> I'm into weird trade. <laughs> but yes, Den got a bunch of like rewards and uh, notations and everyone. Scrolls. He was very popular. Yeah, he was a good reporter. And then, you know, 
once things went sideways with the whole now we're an empire ha! i'm evil it turned out sulliston reporters who were reporting on the side of the good guys are no longer especially popular yeah so instead he's just sort of doing underground guerrilla reporting and supporting the whiplash mm-hmm. against this new empire yep and uh i don't think this is his apartment i think this is uh i can't remember jacks who, jack it's jack loranth 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 is for some reason that name is not i keep on to call her lathan i don't know what's going on there weird it'll get it in my head eventually loranth yeah uh probably because it's not a usual twi'lek name well there you go but you know what you're gonna do but yeah the loranth um so he's hanging out and they're all kind of they're talking like we mentioned they're talking about how they had to buy some extra pantaloons you know like extra pants they went to the duty free and found pants for a fat bothan which is what they say <laughs> he was like my pants have duty and they're like that's okay we'll go to the duty free store <laughs> <laughs> you get it <laughs> beans <laughs> uh and now they're they're sitting there talking about their next move and uh everyone's making fun of jacks for for trying to uh, get into a firefight with a vibro sword instead of a lightsaber. And most of them are advising him that he just needs to get a fucking blaster already and oh, quit yeah. it with trying to have swords. Swords are far too conspicuous. Well, no, specifically, they're like, don't yeah. have a lightsaber. If you're trying to hide from the people who want to murder all lightsabers, there is no bigger and more noticeable sign than having a lightsaber out to have everyone go, oh, look, a Jedi. Yes. Yeah, you're either a Jedi or beep, you're beep a Jedi or you're Shizor apparently because apparently the story we missed is Pavan using a light whip to fight off Shizor who had stolen his lightsaber. Yes. So that was the fight that we didn't get to see. God damn it. <laughs> no, I'm into it. Uh, but he does still have his light whip. Uh That said, it's really irritating. <laughs> Yeah. He's just like, this thing sucks. I can't fight more than one person with a fucking whip. Uh, I can't, you know, deflect blaster bolts. It's only good to try and whip one person, maybe. Yeah. Like, you can't do eh. cool shit with a lightsaber whip. Like, you can kill people with it, but you can't Indiana Jones your way across a crevasse with one. It'll just cut through the rock. And... This has got to be way more deadly to me using that than a lightsaber. Uh, yeah, yeah. Light whips are... Th- there's a reason they're only popular among, like, the craziest of Sith. Uh, so he's got this problem, and they're they're kind of razzing him and saying, like, you don't need a lightsaber. Quit trying. And he keeps doing it anyway. He's like, well, maybe I'll have our guy who goes and gets things get a lightsaber. And that guy's like, no. He's like, well, maybe I'll get a crystal you can't get a crystal I'll because of the it. empire yeah the ilum and wherever the else the crystals have are under trade embargo yeah all ilum all kyber all rhodian and all crate dragon pearl crystals are currently uh, uh, uh on the you can't get them he's like well i'll just grow my own and that prompts den to have a little reverie the, the same reverie that we've talked about in bonus episodes in the past about how uh sith use fake crystals and real real Jedi are really obsessed with getting fresh crystals like like from you know the the it's farmer's the market. Yeah. <laughs> They're real cave to table crystal connoisseurs. <laughs> yeah. And I like that Den's like, it's probably honestly no difference. And it's just, you know, that's what the Jedi would do, and the Sith are way more practical. Yeah, they they he has this whole thing where he's like, everyone says that the Sith crystals are prone to uh, malfunction that they exploded in opportune moments and then he said exactly what i was thinking which is uh, then how come that's never fucking happened yeah just once i'd like to see a sith's lightsaber go all shorty outy on him and he's like ah fuck stupid synthetic crystal and he's like you know i understand if that was true why you wouldn't do that because 
literally any time that you bring a lightsaber out is a critical moment. So there's no point where you're like, yeah, if it fails, it's going to fail at a critical moment. Yeah. But again, no one has ever been like, ah, yes, that Sith was coming at me. And then his lightsaber just went and he pooped himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oopsies. Oh, my beans. Uh, so so yeah, he's like, Den is thinking rightly, like, it doesn't fucking actually matter. That's just some shit. He's also like, like, uh, Loranth is basically like, look, the Jedi got so up their own butts about protocol. They got, they got, they basically became monks. They spent all their time just quietly going through the motions to prove who was the most Jedi-ish out of them, who was the most slavishly devoted to doing all these rituals and crap. And they, uh, they became too stultified and kind of murdered their own organization. Yeah. If you had been a gray paladin like me, the whole point was train in other weapons. So at this point, you would have been a badass with something that wasn't a lightsaber and not have to rely on it. Well, that and also they wouldn't have fallen for Order 66 if they hadn't been spending all their time being like, yes, we're Jedi. That's why we're the most important. Mm. No one would ever plot an ambush against us. I'm huffing my own Jedi farts. Midichlorian. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, I'm, uh, I'm giving myself a license to fuck. It's mm. important for my species. Yeah, you don't understand. Mm. My species needs... These beans. <laughs> Every Jedi requires a jumbo jack. Hey. <laughs> no tomatoes. Tomatoes are the way of the Sith. That way leads to darkness. <laughs> I love you. Your Jedi is Charles Bronson. <laughs> yeah, of course. Come on, Obi-Wan. Let's go get a jumbo jack. We've got to go fight some scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so we just now begin the, the litany of introductions where we learn everything about all these characters. Yeah. As we've already mentioned all about, uh, Dan and his reporting, we do get, of course, uh, I five's backstory where this is like Den's droid, I think. Yeah. It was Den's droid originally, but Jax's dad, a guy named Lorne Pavon, uh, heavily modified the droid in ways that they are still learning about. Not yeah. only does he have weapony fingers and and way more autonomy than the average protocol droid does, uh, they think he's literally evolving into an not not organic, but a, a person with full free will, full determinism. Yeah. Not just a artificial intelligence, but a true sentient intelligence. Yes. And because I don't know, Lorne did something to his mind circuits a a1 verbo brain yeah yeah and apparently this has made it so that i have a problem with this because every time they're like oh but this droid i'm like every single droid i've ever met has been creative and sentient and you can even tell when they're like they have a sense of fear about things if someone's like i'm gonna take you apart they're like oh shit please don't even the most basic asteroid in star wars is programmed to feel pain for some reason maybe like little mouse droids are terrified of chewbacca on the on the uh, uh the death star oh and, yeah and that one droid in Jabba's palace that's having its feet burned is like screaming in pain and trying Bonk. to wriggle ah! out of the- yeah every droid every droid in the whole world yeah you, you could date them <laughs> if you just follow my bean age guide to Tina Larity. Tina Tina Larity. Yep. <laughs> Is that like Tina Fey's first stand-up special? Yeah, sure. She just called it Tina Larity. Why not? And then it failed out. That was why it was only her first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, all right. Meanwhile, we already talked a little bit about Loranth and her whole gray Jedi paladin thing, mm-hmm. but we have yet to mention a few other things about her. She's surly. No one has ever seen her smile. 
and uh, she's missing one of her lacou. It's been burned off. It, it, yeah, her, she's she, got a scar across her cheek mm-hmm. and a burned lacou. Right, and uh, burned away. So she only has one of the of the head tails. Uh, and one time, Jax asked her what happened. She said it happened at the Night of Flame. Uh, he jokingly asked if... if, if uh, Yeah, she said, oh, and don't tell me you should see the other guy. And she's like, you'd have to dig him up to see him. And that was the last thing she ever said about it. Yeah. So uh, he was he was surprised by that. But I mean, obviously, she murdered a bunch of people. She seems like a great Jedi. But... I mean, do the, the Night of Flame, I have to assume, is the Order 66 thing... I maybe I, I they aren't calling it Order Sixty Six exactly, but, but they wouldn't know what it was called. Like they didn't get called in on Order Sixty Six. That was a secret code. Well, that's a very fair assessment. I mean, it would be it would make it less impressive that the other guy was just some fucking clone trooper, and she was just like, yeah, I just murdered him immediately with my guns because well, I'm mean, a trained master. The other master. guy is an entire troop of clone troopers. <laughs> She says you'd have to dig him up, eh. not well, them. Well, one of them shot the Leku. That's true. No, they all did. They all held the gun together. <laughs> That's why they got killed. There was one gun, eight guys, and they all had to pull the trigger together. <laughs> why did we make so many clones? What are we, Russia? <laughs> okay, so... The clone with the gun dies. <laughs> the clone with the E-clip picks up the gun. <laughs> yes. So that's them. Uh, Jax, we mostly just get the details of his last adventure, which is nuts. His lightsaber broke because he used it to set off a nuclear device so he could escape Vader and Shizor, who were currently chasing him. Yeah, and this also means that as far as they believe, Vader thinks that they all died Mm -hmm. in this explosion because I guess in the first book, they could feel Vader using the Force to try and suss them out, but they haven't felt any of that since the explosion. Yeah. And uh, the the first story apparently uh, followed around his attempts to help smuggle a crime syndicate uh, big deal guy out of his crime syndicate and home to his family, which is why Shizor was involved. Well, that's his the name- the guy they have yeah. who was their... The guy who's like, yeah, I can't get you a lightsaber or a crystal was no. the guy who worked for uh, Shizor. He, oh, no, no. We're, we're thinking of two different guys. Uh, you're thinking about the aluminum or whatever. The that, aluminum. Yes, of the, course. That, that dude that steps out of the shadows at one point and is like, I can't get you a lightsaber, but I got you this. He's different. The other guy is named like Kane of Nibiri or something. I think he's two in a white blue for a planeswalker. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, Reinen is the... Elliman, who is the one who's like, I'm the guy who gets you stuff. Yes, that's different than the guy I was talking The first adventure concerned their attempt to get some crime syndicate dude who was trying to get out of the life home to his family safely. His name was like Kane or Cairn of Nibiri. Yeah, but Reinen came along with them basically at the last second because he was like Shizor's guy who goes and gets stuff. But for Vader. But he, for Vader. He, yeah, he was Vader's major domo. And he was like, I assume at any moment this dude is going to murder me. I've been around him for a year and watched him just indiscriminately murder everyone. So can I come with you? <laughs> that one thing we've learned from Shadows of the Empire, of course, is that Vader doesn't go around killing his major domos. He hires a little man and he just... He's he got lists, a little guy. He's got a little guy. And a little guy comes in and is like... He's Lord. like, oh, I'm going to give you bad news. But hey, I'm just a little guy. I'm don't just, hurt me. It's my birthday. <laughs> I'm just a little guy. I don't step on me, Vader. I'm just a little guy. <laughs> I'm a little mouse droid. Oh, look oh. at me, little guy. I ain't no threat to you. <laughs> <laughs> the 
They told me the streets was paved with G's on these Death Stars. Come on. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, this guy's an Elomin, uh, who they describe as being almost as hirsute as a Wookiee. Yep. And, and uh, huge and having big, nosy, fangy, tuscally bits. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Yep. Yep. And then... Uh, I'll go we, no further. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, he... Reinen manages to have at least something. He's like, all right, I can't get you a lightsaber. Yes. I can't get you a lightsaber crystal. And it's going to take a while to get the equipment to make a lightsaber crystal. Yeah. But I have one of these and pulls out a weird... A sword. Sword that's but- like, oh, it's got... It's got a name. It's it's called like it's some kind of energy it's, sword. It's a Velmoran energy there, sword. The Velmoran, that's right. And it's basically like what if a lightsaber had a sword inside of it? <laughs> yes. It's literally just a watered steel sword. They make a big deal about talking about how it looks like it's got like rainbows playing across its watery bendy surfaces. So it looks like a thousand-folded water steel sword, but it's got some power packs built into the hilt and when you press a button on it, uh, a plasma loop that goes around the sword uh, lights up with silver fire. So it's literally a flaming sword as opposed to a lightsaber where it's got like just a glow. This thing actually has flame coming off it. Yeah. And it's just way less, like, light and easy to use because with the lightsaber, of course, being just pure energy, mm-hmm. it's got a different balance mm-hmm. uh, than this, which is, you know, even uh, if you didn't have the energy on, it'd still just be a sword. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it is rarer, usually, than a lightsaber might be. It's like a symbol of Velmoran nobility or something. They are not easy to get. The first thing anyone says on seeing it is, Jesus Christ, you can't get me a lightsaber, but you can get me a Velmoran energy sword? And the dude, Reinen, is just like, yeah, man, times are tough all over. I bought this thing cheap off a deposed noble. Yeah, he didn't have shit. He ran his fortune into the ground and he sold this. So, you know. Here it is. I got this. And uh, no Jack- one's trying to put the kibosh on Velmoran energy swords, but if someone finds a lightsaber, that shit is destroyed. Yeah, that said, it's still going to be super conspicuous that you're running around fighting with this alien king sword. So, you but know, at least it doesn't scream Jedi. <laughs> I mean, it will the moment you knock a blaster bolt back at a stormtrooper with it. But until if you're just using it for your garden variety murders, you're probably fine. Yeah, if you just bring it out and stab a guy, everyone will be like, oh, that Velmoran's real pissed. <laughs> He must have demanded satisfaction. <laughs> Can't get involved in that one. That's matters of landed gentry is what that is. <laughs> oh, no. The aristocrats are fighting. <laughs> the aristocrats. <laughs> they walk into a room and <laughs> poop themselves, stab a bunch of guys with swords. What do they call themselves? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, now Jack's he gets the sword. He's excited about it. It, it is super cool. I mean, it. It's, oh, yeah, a, it's, it's a flaming it's a flaming tolwar that's got silver flames. Yeah, and uh interesting that it is based on how hard you press on the hilt. So it's like if you grab it hard then the flame goes on, but if you just sort of have it in your hand and swing it around normal it doesn't. Yeah, which means you can use it as a, if you keep a loose grip on it, you can use it as a secret regular type sword. Yeah, people will be like, "Oh, he's just got a regular sword." And then you'll like grab it real hard and it'll go Bzzoom. yeah someone will be like no 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 he's just got like you know a regular sword and they'll be like we're in fucking star wars what's a regular sword they're vibro cortosis or lightsaber <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> at least one of the things they mentioned with the apartment is like slug thrower holes so you know you're in a place where people are still just using guns instead of blasters yeah yeah slug throwers are popular 
on uh, I assume that's probably more popular because this is a planetary set adventure for the most part so far. And slug throwers, the thing that they have an, a disadvantage over blasters is that they'll blow a hole in the hole of your ship and suck you out into space. Yeah, whereas uh, blasters if you're just, just on some planet, who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, you can blow holes in whatever you want. That's right. I blow holes in everything. Yeah, just constantly. If I see a hole, I'm blowing it. <laughs> so... Anyway, Jax is excited about it and starts whirling it around the apartment, which pisses off Dan, who's like, come on, man, don't just swing a flaming sword around in the house. This is a tiny-ass apartment. You're going to fuck someone up. And he's like, eh, it's fine. I'm a Jedi. Yeah. And then I, I, this doesn't, I believe, I don't remember it even ending with, like, the next adventure getting started or anything. No, we don't really have the next anything. Honestly, as far as I can tell, the next thing is, I guess maybe we'll get the equipment but of course reading the back of the book we're still waiting on uh Dejaw to show up with her missing mate yes obviously that needs we need our moment where she walks in all all gams from Legs here to there for days yeah yeah labia for days <laughs> cyber legs for astronomical cycles <laughs> uh she had eyes for parsecs <laughs> what? is that a unit of distance or time i yes. forget are we doing the star wars one or the regular <laughs> she had tusks for teeth what what are you doing she's a whiphead what are you <laughs> ah yeah she had crystals for hair what is... who are you describing <laughs> eh. i was sweating blaster bolts uh that's where the moment that's the moment i knew that she was trouble <laughs> when i saw that she had crystals for hair and she was biting bugs <laughs> bunny she was biting bugs bunny <laughs> A green version of Bugs Bunny. Let's not ask him what his name is, because I will not like it as another character in Star Wars named Jax. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. That's yeah. the first prologue and first two chapters. We're off on a rollicking adventure that just sort of peters out, because it ends with, with uh, I think, Jax thinking, well, adventure's certainly about to come find us, that's for sure. I don't know how, but any day now, we're going to be found by adventure. Chapter three, the lady walked in. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, this is good for, uh, the opening chapters because you get a we fight. get, we get resolution on what was going on in the last book. Mm -hmm. We get descriptions of all of our main characters and we have a setup for, uh, Typhon. Yeah. Typh uh, Typho. Typho. Not Typhon. Typhon's <laughs> setup is that he will sneeze you off of the airship or out of the Coliseum. Typhon's setup is that he definitely has blind sight and will try and kill you as a heavy beast. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You get a War Mahords reference going. Hell and I yeah. went Final Fantasy VI. And, and there together we, go. we fight crime. <laughs> uh but yeah, we got a setup for a plot and we got resolution on a whole bunch of stuff we need to start with, so I think this is good. I this was is a good opening. We got an action scene. We got everything you want. It's it's it, I didn't hate this so far. It says a chance to wear me honestly though, all a Star Wars book has to do to not wear me down at this point is just not be about Luke Leia and Han. Uh, yeah, I mean, really... Or their fucking kids. The the thing that needs to happen for me to not be way, just completely worn out by a book is to not have everyone go, anyway, bye, I'm going to go do something else that doesn't matter. <laughs> Every book that we've read was opened with like, anyway, we were all sitting around our lavishly appointed apartment that we stole from the Empire and didn't disseminate to the people uh, when all of a sudden we decided that I'm bored and I would like to go on a space adventure, but not you. You go on a different space adventure. Let's leave the kids for a third space adventure. 
<laughs> let's leave them with their live-in nanny spy. Now let's divvy up the Wookiee androids at random. Ah, who will draw straws for R2? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. This being like, hey, we're a bunch of down on our luck, like just shitty private investigator Jedi. I'm like, great. And trying to keep their heads low because Darth Vader is hunting them. Yes. It's nice to know that there's a big name. Yeah. It's good. I like it so far. Okay. Well, there you have it. And uh, as always, we've started a new book, but that doesn't mean we're changing any of the details around here. If you would like to hear more, we both have our bonus concepts researched and ready to go, and we will be doing that over at patreon.com slash system mastery, where for the low, low investment of $2, you can get all of our old expounded un- expanded expounded universe bonus contents dating back to the beginning. You can learn of time. All we do is we go to Wikipedia, we find weird stories, we come back, we tell them to each other and to you, and uh, thankfully, this book's playing a lot more around in canon than some of the previous ones, so we'll actually have something to talk about. Yay! So stay tuned for that. What will you learn? You'll have to stop by the Patreon to find out. That's, once again, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Otherwise, you can support us by going to, oh, just anywhere you happen to get this podcast to listen to us. Spotify, Stitcher, mm-hmm. anywhere you get your podcasts, you can just go ahead, leave us a nice review. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean... Smash that bell. Honestly, whether or not it even helps the algorithm, I just want to read nice things. I do. (laughs) I just want people to say nice things about my dick. (laughs) So rate and review John's dick. It's on FetLife. (laughs) It's not his profile. It's just his- review it on Stitcher. (laughs) All right. Well, once your dick has its podcast out or its rap career started. Uh, Excellent. Well, I mean, you can go over to SoundCloud if you want to find that. My dick open for ACDC. My dick charge a late night fee. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, go leave us nice reviews and, you know, buy our books and crap like that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon. But until we do, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I love beans. 